and welcome everyone to the Almost Awesome Podcast, the only podcast for the unpaid intern who misspells all the Facebook posts and the host are the same person. I'm Tanner Rainhurst, and today we're going to be talking about one of the most surprisingly good movies of the year, and that's Overlord. Overlord is a horror action thriller set during World War II, which, after seeing its first trailer, I was immediately interested. I normally don't care for horror films, but what interested me the most was that it was a combination of genres that usually don't go together outside of bad DVD-only releases that you see in failing movie stores. I'm going to try and keep this spoiler-free, but if you haven't heard anything about this movie and you like World War II action and don't mind blood and a little gore, I highly recommend seeing it because it's a movie that's made better if you don't know anything about it. A group of U.S. soldiers, and they're being parachuted into France the day before the D-Day invasion of Normandy during Operation Overlord. Our main character is a private named Ed Boyce and his de facto commanding officer, Ford, played by Wyatt Russell, Kurt Russell's son. And that's pretty much it for at least recognizable faces. This cast is mostly rounded out by newer actors or lesser known actors. Their mission is to destroy a radio station located in a church in one of the Nazi-occupied towns, so this will allow for air support during the invasion. The soldier plane is fired upon by anti-aircraft fire, killing nearly everyone on board and forcing the survivors to bail out and regroup on the ground. After evading capture by the Nazis and regrouping with the few survivors left, Ford and Boyce make it to the town where the radio station is and are given shelter by one of our other lead characters, Chloe, and her little brother. During this time, they evade capture from the sadistic Nazi captain Morphrin and also discover that the Nazis are performing strange experiments of the town's people and their dead. This movie has all the ingredients for a bad movie, and yet somehow it works. And what works so well for this movie is that in the first five minutes, we're introduced to our characters and already feel their camaraderie and their personalities bond bounce off each other very naturally. You have your asshole character, but he never gets obnoxious or too selfish to do uh, to do the right thing, When even when he gives everyone a hard time. You have your timid, quiet guy who gets scared, but again, not in a dumb way where it might get the team in trouble. The characters are in this fight for survival, and it's fun and exciting to see them play off each other and work together in order to complete their objective, which actually never changes, no matter how weird the story gets. Even when the plot gets more and more horror sci-fi, the objective of destroying the radio station is still the goal of the movie, and we know as the audience how important its destruction is, and why it's so time-sensitive, since this is the day before the D-Day invasion. Now, one of the themes of this movie seems to deal with how far people are willing to go in order to win the war. This is represented in, a two, in the two lead characters of Boyce and Ford. Boyce, who is really our main protagonist, is very reluctant to fight and kill people and spends most of the time trying to save as many people as possible, like Chloe and her brother from the Nazi captain, or even his own teammates when their lives are in danger. But when his reluctance to 
fight becomes a detriment to the team and it costs him the life of others, he realizes that he has to take action and actually fights back. But he only does it when it's absolutely necessary. This is juxtaposed with the character of Ford, who is willing to let innocent villagers get captured or killed by the Nazis in order not to get exposed, because it would only put the success of their mission in jeopardy. He even goes as far as to torture his enemies. This willingness for brutality makes Ford like the Nazi captain and the scientists who conduct these inhuman experiments on the townspeople. This is paralleled both metaphorically and practically in the film in a way which, without giving in to spoilers, makes Ford a monster just like the Nazis. One of the things I appreciated about this film was the action. The movie lets the tension build in the action, blending in elements of horror and action very well. When characters are hiding from the Nazis, they have to stay absolutely quiet, even when they're doing horrible things. And you do want them to fight back, but you do know that it might get them killed or something. So when something goes horribly wrong, you feel the same emotion they're feeling. And But another thing that they do very well, is that even though all the action scenes take place at night or indoors in the dark, you're still able to see the actual action. A lot of movies with similar budgets try to hide the poor camera shots or bad choreography by making the screen darker or they use jump cuts every second and use shots that are really close up so you can't really tell what's going on. But for every action scene, you can tell what is going on, which I know is a weird thing to harp on, but it's really refreshing compared to a lot of other recently done action films that came out this year. You could tell what was going on, and the story is presented in such a clear way that I understand the character's motives. I know what's at stake. And all of this helps the audience become more invested when there are already likable characters. When you understand a character's motivations, we feel the same fear they're feeling. Another thing I really thought was interesting about this film is that when it was announced, everyone thought that it was going to be part of the Cloverfield franchise. Mostly because J.J. Abrams in Bad Robot was producing it. It's unclear if this movie was intended to be part of the same year, uh, universe, but I could definitely see how. Each movie in the Cloverfield series deals with real people going through regular problems, but they also have to deal with the sci-fi horror stuff that's going on at the same time, but it's almost going on in spite of what they're going through. Cloverfield deals with a giant monster attack, but instead of doing the Godzilla thing where you focus on the monster and how to destroy it, it's dealing with the people on the sidelines who are running away from the danger. And they and that's all they're dealing with. They don't deal with destroying the monster. And even some of them are going through relationship problems that they would be having whether or not there was a giant monster attack. Clover, 10 Cloverfield Lane deals with a girl whose first instincts are to run away from problems who gets trapped by an almost crazy guy in a bunker, 
and then tries to escape, but then you find out, spoiler alert, an actual alien invasion is going on. And then she can't run anymore, so then she has to confront her own demons and actually has to stand and fight. Which leads to one of the best badass endings I've almost ever seen. And Cloverfield Paradox is just bad. It, it, it really wasn't good. <laughs> that movie, I think the reason it did so poorly was that the movie tried to set up this well, these unrelated movies that really had nothing to do with each other as a connected universe. When this series is... Well, series being kind of a loose term, but it's more of an anthology series. And I think that's why it didn't do so well. That and it was the only movie out of this franchise to be released on Netflix. But what I love about Cloverfield and Cloverfield Lane is that they had these great premises, but they're not about the abnormal elements, the giant monster attack or the alien invasion. They're about people going through and changing in these circumstances in spite of this abnormal stuff going on, which is exactly what Overlord is about. And that's kind of what I enjoyed about it. And it's going to be a movie where, like Cloverfield and 10 Cloverfield Lane, even though it's not part of the same franchise, I'm going to be thinking about it for a long time coming. So, that's going to be my review on Overlord. So, definitely recommend going to see it. Try not to see any trailers. Go in there with an open mind, and I think you'll be pleasantly surprised. So, but let's not leave it at that. Tell me what you think. Leave comments. Leave messages. Like, just tell me what you think about this film, and I'll try and put any comments into my next podcast. I love to put your guys' comments in my show, and because I want this to be a conversation. So that's going to be it for me. I wanted to keep it short and sweet today. So that's going to be the end for the Almost Awesome Podcast, and I will see you next time.